We're going to look at this study of the, the free will of the psalmist. And if he has a free will, uh, we all have a free will. And uh, every single one of us need to make proper decisions that honor God. You could either use your will uh, to honor God or you can use your will to honor yourself. They're the two choices on the shelf. And, uh, and so the psalmist is a perfect example of one that wanted to use his will to honor God. Look at verse 7. He says, I will, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. And so we see the psalmist not only wanted to praise God, but he wanted to praise God in an upright heart, meaning in a very sincere, genuine manner. Uh, there are times where people can go through the motions, they can use their will to praise God, but they don't even know what they're saying or their heart is not engaged. And so they can really praise God or honor God in vain. They're not really thinking about what they're doing. They're going through the trends of praising uh, outwardly, but inwardly there's no connection with God. And so here the psalmist said, my heart is upright and I'm going to praise you in that way, a genuine and sincere way. But he also says uh, in verse 7 here that he will praise thee with an uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. And so there's a, there's a purpose for his rejoicing. And the purpose for his rejoicing is when he learns the righteous judgments of God. And so he's praising God really for his uh, uh, ways and the way God does things and his righteous acts. And that's a good way to praise God. We'll see that again later on uh, in, in praising God or giving thanks to God. They go hand in hand. Second of all, I want you to see verse 8. He says in verse 8, Again, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. And so we see here again the control of the will. He uses it to what? Wanting to keep God's word. Uh, that word keep means to guard. Another word he wanted to guard against. Uh, you know, uh, anything that would hinder him from obeying or observing the word of God. Okay, he wanted to keep his word and uh, with his whole heart. And we see that uh, in other passages of scripture. And he says he, God, will never forsake him. He knew and understood that. That if he kept God's word, that God will never leave him or forsake him. If he had a heart to keep God's word, that he would always be taken care of. Uh, and God will always look after him. Uh, look at verse 69. Look at verse 69. It says, The proud have forged a lie against me, but look at this, but I will keep thy what? I will keep thy precepts. I will keep thy precepts. And uh, look at 115. Verse 115. Depart from me, ye evildoers. I will keep the commandments of God. Look at 134. Deliver me from the oppressors of man, so I will keep thy precepts. I will there again. Look, 145. I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord. I will keep thy statutes. You see that all the way through Psalm 119, that the psalmist wanted to keep God's word with his whole heart, knowing God will not forsake him. Uh, because as you see, when you read these, you see when you want to keep God's word, uh, 
if you want to live godly, there will always be opposition. Always. Those that will live godly shall suffer persecution, Paul said to Timothy. Okay? And so it's a decision to live godly. And it's an act of the will. And, uh, and so have a look at uh, verse 15. Go back to Psalm 119, the beginning of verse 15. He says, I will meditate. And, uh, and this is on God's word. Verse 15. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts. That's the beginning of that verse. I will meditate on thy precepts. In other words, he's going to think about. He's going to reflect on. And, uh, and the purpose of doing that is to uh, really absorb what God uh, is saying to him so he can go and live it out. That's the whole purpose of meditating upon God's word. It's for the purpose of living, living it out. It says, I will meditate. I will think on. And, uh, and what a wonderful thing to be able to think on. Amen. And uh, have a look at verse 48, the second part of Psalm 119, verse 48. My hand also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. I will meditate in thy statutes. Says it again. I will meditate. And uh, we see 117. Oh, sorry. Uh, 78. 78. Let the proud be ashamed, for they deal uh, perversely with me without cause. But I will meditate in thy what? In thy precepts. Again, it's a will here. I will meditate. And so uh, notice the other things that we see. The proud will be ashamed because they deal with him unjustly and in a crooked manner. And while they're doing that, while they deal with me in, 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 a, in an unjust manner, Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to meditate on God's word. I'm going to think about the word of God. I'm going to reflect on those things that God has promised me. Because the truth of the matter is, you're either being the persecutor or you're the persecuted. That's the truth. You're either going to be used uh, to you know, uh, hinder uh, the one that's walking on the straight and narrow, or you are the, you are the one that's going to be walking on the straight and narrow. And so, have a look at verse, uh, last part of verse 15. It says, I will have respect. It says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect under thy ways. It's, again, I will meditate. I will respect thy ways. And, uh, and we see in uh, 117, it says it again. And uh, by the way, the ways of God is the will of God. Hold thou me up and I shall be safe and I will have respect unto thy statutes. How, for how often? Continually. Continually. In other words, he reveres and honors the ways, the will of God and the word of God. And he's going to do that now and forever. That's what continually, it's con to be continually faithful in respecting the word of God. And look, there's a promise that God will uphold him and keep him safe while he does that. And then have a look at uh, verse 16, the first part. I will delight, the psalmist says, I will delight myself 
in thy statutes. I will delight. Now, this talks about how he feels about God's word. You say, what? It shouldn't come, you know, delighting in God's word. Should not that, you know, be a reflection of the heart and, and, uh, and, and, and something that should come naturally? What do you mean, I will delight? Well, it, it takes a purpose, uh, purposeful plan to sit down and enjoy the word of God. Now, it's one thing to say, you know, I love the word of God. And it's another thing to sit down and enjoy the word of God. Getting lost in the pages of this book and enjoying the one that wrote it. Thanking God while you read it. And seeing it as a great delight to obey it. Amen. Amen. I will delight in God's word. It's something that uh, needs to simply be cultivated and nurtured. And the more you panter after the word of God, because you know what it does for your soul and you know your creator, the more you desire him and his word, especially when you're going through tough times. Now, I want you to see verse 32. Look what he says there. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. The, the reason why I put it under a delight is because he says, I will run the way. He never said, I will walk. He said, I will run. So in other words, that tells us how he feels about the word of God. He's going to run uh, uh, to keep, if you will, or to adhere to the word of God, to do his will. He says, I will run uh, the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. And so over here, he talks about God will enable him and strengthen him. And uh, he's the one that would give him, if you will, that grace to continue to delight in the word of God. Look at verse uh, 48, the second part of that verse. My hands also will I lift up unto the commandments, which I have what? I have loved. See that delight? He loves the Word of God. Do you love the Word of God? Amen. Because it's the control of the will. Again, you can say, oh, I love the Word of God. But love is an action. And, and, and it's a control of the will. It's something that we do. It's not just a feeling. It's an action. You know, and we see the greatest love demonstrated by God. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave. Uh, God commendeth his love toward us, that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so if we love the word of God, there needs to be an act of the will that we do something with it and we sit, we observe it, we delight ourselves in it, we want to keep it, we run to do it. And uh, it's, 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 some, it's a delight of the heart of the, of the psalmist. And so we see, look at verse 47. He says, And I will delight in thy commandments, which I have what? Loved. I will delight. I will, which I have loved. You know, when you know, when you, I don't know, when I met my wife, and even till now, I'm not saying when I met her, but even now, I delight to be in her presence. I do. Because I love her. <laughs> right? And so if we do delight in the commandments of God, 
then we would have a heart to go and obey the very things that he tells us. It's an act of the will. It doesn't happen naturally. It, it, it takes a purposeful decision. And uh, have a look at Psalm 119 verse 16, the last part of that. The Bible says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. So over here, the psalmist uses his will to remember an act of remembrance of God's word. Again, if you meditate upon the word of God, it's for the purpose of remembering it. So you don't forget to obey it. Amen. I will remember. And, uh, and, and we see that again in uh, verse nine, uh, 93. It gives us a little bit more information there. He says, I will never forget thy precepts. I will never forget? Like you mean never forget? What do you mean? I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Wow. I mean, what? What a statement to say that you will never forget it. Uh, when the word of God has impacted your heart and revived you, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'll never forget the word of God that saved me that day. Why? Because it quickened you and it revived you and it gave you life. You know, many a times when you're convicted and the word of God has uh, uh, impacted your heart because you've acted and believed upon it, you know, it, it worked effectually, like the Thessalonians said. You know, the word of God worked effectually in their heart because they believed it. You'll never forget it. By the way, they're the best messages. The ones that have impacted your heart. Because you believed it. You were convicted. You were revived by it. God's word did something to you. How can you forget it? There are pivotal points in your life. There are pillars that have been built. Uh, uh, salvation and then surrender. And things that God says, I want that out. And commitments that you've made. Uh, I shared it on Sunday. I'm, I'll never forget when I had enough of the Hollywood junk. I just made a decision. I said after a sermon that I heard, I said, Lord, I've had enough. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm done. I'll never forget it. Uh, it, it. It impacted my life. I made decisions and, uh, and it's changed uh, my ways uh, to be conformed to the will of God. And uh, it's tremendous. And uh, have a look at... Uh, Verse 45, he says, I will seek God's word. Verse 45, another act of the will. It's all over the Psalm 119, all over it. It's an act of the will. It's not going to happen, uh, you know, by accident. You're going to have to make decisions. He says, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I put here, I will seek God's word. The word of God sets me free and liber liberates me. It's the whole purpose of walking in liberty. liberty, Because it's the word of God that liberates us. It's the truth that sets us free. Amen. Amen. And it, the truth is found in Christ. And, uh, and the reason why I will walk in liberty is because I will seek the word. Without seeking the word of God, there's no liberation. There's no freedom. True freedom is found in Jesus Christ. True freedom is found in obeying God's word. We see that in the book of Galatians, by the way. <clears throat> and uh, we'll see also verse 46. 
Look at verse 46. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and will, will not be ashamed. There you go there. So the psalmist here is not only willing to speak of God's word amongst the common man, but the psalmist is also willing to stand up and speak the word of God before those that are in authority. And if this, if this is King David speaking, then it's one king to another king that is willing to, and we're talking about these pagan kings, that is willing to stand up and, and, and bear witness of God's word to them unashamed. He says, and I will not be ashamed. Again, it's one thing to declare the word of God, but it's a surely another thing to declare it in a way where you're not ashamed. You're right behind it and you're for God's ways and you don't doubt his word in any way, shape or form. It's like what the Apostle Paul says. I'm not he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God and the salvation. He knows what it's able to do in the life of others. Why? Because he knew and understood what it did in his life. Any person that's been entreated by the word of God and it's affected their heart and it leaves a mark of remembrance upon their soul, then they'll be willing to go and tell someone about it. If you've got something good, you'll tell someone about it. And so he says very clearly, he will even go before those in power in an unshamed manner. Have a look at 62. He says, I will give thanks. Look at verse 62 there. At midnight... I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. He's even willing to wake up in the middle of the night just to, to thank God. Just to get up and thank God for his righteous judgments. Why righteous judgments? Why? Because again, shall not the judge of all the, world, the, all the earth do right? Everything that God does is good. And I thank God for that. While the heathen want to lift up a fist and accuse God and charge him foolishly, I'll lift up my hands in praise and thank him Amen. for all the good things that he does. Yeah. Amen. That's what the psalmist is saying. Look at verse 95. He says, I will consider, I will consider God's word. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I will consider thy what? Testimonies. Thy testimonies. Uh, let me just stop and say, he's not, this word he consider is not simply meaning that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It simply means that he's going to pay attention. He's going to consider it like he's going to do it right he's going to pay attention to it he's going to adhere to it and so very clearly he says i will consider god's word even when the wicked want to destroy me even when they want to destroy me he says i will consider it i will pay attention to it even when the wicked want to get rid of me and then have a look at verse 106. I have sworn and I will what? I will perform it. That I will keep thy righteous judgments. You know what he was saying? 
I will stay true to my promise. I will be faithful to my vows. I will be faithful to keep God's word. And this is a man that's steadfast, unmovable. Man, he's grounded. You know, this is a man that's by his free will that God has given him is making decisions to praise God, to keep his word, to meditate upon it, to respect God's will, to delight in his word, to remember it and not forget it and seek after it. It's the very thing that liberates him. He says, I will walk in liberty. Uh, is a free man because of God's word, is willing to testify to others about it, give thanks even in midnight and consider it even when people want to destroy his life and make promises to keep it, listen, to the end. One of the vows that you can keep is honouring your wife, loving her even when she's not lovable. Even when, even when she dishonors her vows, she doesn't want to keep to it. She wants to give up. She wants to, uh, you know, separate or whatever you want to call it. Uh, one of the best ways to honor your vows is to love her like Christ loved her. What other vows do we make? Before God, we make vows. Commitments after a message saying, I'll do this. Lord, you have my heart. Lord, I'm going to be doing this. And the psalmist said, I'm going to stay true to those things that God's words convicted my heart. They're not going to be short-lived in his life. Brethren, this is not an accident that people simply find themselves doing. This is something that they will to do. And uh, the Bible says very clearly, when you want to make a vow, be careful when you make it. Don't make it and not keep it. You're better off not making it. Why? Because we have a free will to make vows, but a free will to keep it. If we don't keep it, God will hold us to account. God will hold us to account. And so the free will of the psalmist over here is very clear. That the psalmist will continue to keep the word of God with his whole heart, even when people lie about him. But God will continue to protect him from evildoers. When you will, I'm telling you this, when you will, when you make a decision, when you are, you know, unmovable in relation to God's word, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there will always be opposition going against you. If you do not care and you don't exercise your will, to you know, praise God, keep his word, meditate upon it, respect his ways, delight in God's word, remember it, seek after it, speak and testify about it, give thanks uh, always for it and consider it, even when your life is on the line because of it. I, 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 let me just say, if you're not going to have your will can, you know, exercised in this manner, the devil will just leave you alone. You just be one of the people blending in with the world. The world will love his own. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. The world loves its own. And the only way to be distinct from the world and be hated by it is when you love the word of God. And you hate wickedness. But it takes a will to, to just say, you know what, Lord, I'm on your side and I'm done with the world. 
and I'm done holding hands with the world and I'm done compromising with the world, I'm done. You read the whole Psalm 119 and you'll see the contrast. This battle that takes place. Listen, you, Christian, if you're a Christian here, you're going to have to make a decision. You're either going to be John Mark, profitable because he loves the Word of God, or you're going to be Demas that loves the, this pleasant, this, this worldly, you know, pleasure. You've got to put, make a decision. You know, don't toe the line. Don't sit on the fence. Make a decision. Why? Because if you're Demas, at least you know you need to get right. Right? And if you're John Mark, then you're profitable for God in the ministry and God can use you. I tell you, being on the fence, being half-hearted, being lukewarm, terrible place to be. It's terrible. Terrible place to be. It's a terrible place. So what will you do? Would you go home tonight and say, I will? See all these? Pray them. Pray them. But when you pray them, you're making a vow. Be careful. But you know what I pray alongside with them? Do all that you can. Enlarge my heart. That's the psalmist knew his frailty. I mean, he knew that without God, there's no way he could, you know, have, have his will bent to do God's will. But the desire is there. Amen? The desire is there. And God's grace is willing to... He was was willing to give you the grace to to, to continue to get you on that straight and narrow. And when you fall, you get back up again and you go and you dust yourself off and you say, God, help me continue to stay true and uh, to your word and honor you for the rest of my life. Don't be afraid to go home and say, God, my will, your will be done. Why are you afraid? Are you afraid that God might take something from you? Let me tell you something, if God does take something from you and it's not good for you, it's better off that you didn't have it. It'll be the very thing that's destroying you. Let God remove it. You know why? You'll be liberated. You'll be free. While the world sits and pouts and they're in distress and they're, 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 they're depressed, The psalmist sits at midnight and praises God. The godly man sits in the lion's den and sleeps while the the king is troubled in his soul. Yeah. The man of God is in a prison with his fellow laborer praising and praying at midnight. Why? Because these are men that love God's word and they were put in prison because of it. I was reading today, the Apostle Paul was sorrowful, but not like a worldly sorrow. But at the same time, he was rejoicing. They came, the Apostle Paul specifically, came to the point of it, because of the Word of God, because he decided to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. They even said that we despaired of life. We didn't even, like, we just, we didn't want to live, humanly speaking. Because of the word of God. But it's different. There are some people out there in the, in the world that don't want to live because they don't have the word of God. 
these people being persecuted and buffeted and, 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 and pressed down, you know, like, a, like you know, an orange juice being squeezed because of the Word of God. But every time you see a negative, you see a po positive. This happened, but you know what? God's with me. This is happening, but you know what? God's grace is sufficient. This is happening all because of the Word of God, I guarantee you. Let me say it again. You make a decision to honor God, to follow His Word, to do His will. You will always get opposition. Always. And that's when you have to put your, 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 your hands up and praise God and say, God, I can't do this. I, I'm being, for whatever reason, persecuted because of my will given to you. I don't know what's taking place. I thought people would be happy, but it doesn't look like it. But it doesn't matter what people think or say, I'm going to still honor you to the day I die. And that takes the grace of God. But that's not going to happen if you don't exercise your will. You can be a lukewarm, you know, sitting back Christian, you know, going through the motion, not really impacting much. Or you can be a Christian on the forefront saying, God, I want to make a difference. I really do. I want to make a difference. I want to love your word. I want to love, I want to love your ways. It just wakes me up at night just to praise you for the way you do things. But you know why people are not like the psalmist? In closing, you know why? Because they're exercising their will to love other things. God, you know, God's word and God is somewhere over there. Somewhere in the back. Right? And that's the problem. That's the issue. I mean, you can walk away from this and you can say, you know what? I know that the decisions that I've got to make, it's my will. I need to exercise it. I need to be hot for God. But I just, not yet. And it's to your detriment it's up to you go home sit on your bed and lift up your hands and say god i've had enough i just want your word not my will but thine be done be willing to change the course of my life this is what i want to do but i want you to do what you want to do in my life i don't care if you change my plans do whatever you want I love you. I love your ways. I want to obey you. I have respect for you. And I just want to praise you and do what pleases you. That's it. And then the fight begins. Let's pray. Father in heaven, our gracious God, We thank you, Father, for this example of the psalmist. Very serious, godly man that loved you and your word, had a respect for your ways. Oh, dear God, I pray that we would pattern our lives after him. As he praises you, would praise you with our whole hearts. As he seeks to keep your word, would, would we seek to keep your word. As he seeks to respect you, we will respect you in your ways. I pray that we would have this as a delight of our hearts tonight, but we would not make the, the vow in vain. We'll mean it. 
with holy hands lifted up. I pray that you'd also be with my brothers and sisters, that they too would take your words seriously and they would exercise their will to do all that these, this psalmist did. Please, Lord, I pray that your will be done in the life of your people and that you will continue through your word and by your spirit draw them to surrender to have it to, 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 Lord please continue to reveal to them their weaknesses and their strength show them what they need to put off and put on and me anything that gets in the way of keeping my vow to you and honoring you and loving you and serving you all the days of my life help us not to be nominal Christians Help us not to be lukewarm, but hot and on fire for you, Father, for you are worthy. We sung, worthy is the Lamb. You are worthy. Lord, we're frail, we're feeble people. We need your help. And like the psalmist said, enlarge our hearts that we may keep thy precepts. Because without you, we cannot do it. We need you. We ask and pray for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.